0: This is the Brain Boss Podcast, episode two, empathy and suffering. It's time for the Brain Boss Podcast, your weekly dose of real talk when it comes to being the boss of your own brain. Without further ado, your host, certified life coach and Tufts University grad, Dia Heliades. Hi friends. Last episode, I said we're doing a productivity series and we still are. All that good stuff is coming. But this week, I wanted to talk about how we think and feel about suffering and cruelty that we see in the world, because this has come up for me recently, and I think it's quite timely. So we're going to do a bit of a sidetrack for this week, and next week, we'll be back into productivity and focus and all of that good stuff. So I've noticed that many people, myself included, are struggling to come to terms with things happening that seem so wrong, but can also seem so out of our control. Whether it's the BLM movement, Free West Papua, dogs being shot by police, or nature getting destroyed, whatever it is, we're going to talk about how to show up to whichever cause is important to you in a way that doesn't end in emotional fatigue, hopelessness, and numbing, and what kind of mindset we would need to keep taking action and showing up for it. So usually when you see, you know, in real life or in a video, another living being that loses their life or um, experiences injustice or emotional or physical pain, whether that's a human or an animal, forest or coral reef, when we see this, usually this brings us despair. Whatever the subject of the suffering is, and this is different for each person, right? Seeing that suffering really gets to you. Maybe these reactions happen really intensely and episodically only when you see a particular type of video Or maybe you feel this way on a smaller but more frequent scale, like when you hear about other people's problems and woes and you really feel for them. You wish you could just flip a switch and make this a world where none of this shit happens. You feel this overwhelming urge to save them, help them, and just do something to make sure that this suffering is never repeated. Then what often happens is that you realize you can't help as quickly or as effectively as you want to and you feel hopeless and miserable. Most of us, at least those of us who aren't sociopaths or psychopaths, have a natural capacity and tendency for empathy. So you are not alone in feeling this way at all. There is a specialized group of brain cells called the mirror neuron system that is responsible for this. They enable us to mirror emotions, to share another being's pain, fear, or joy. And that's why we have the phenomenon of emotional contagion, which is when you pick up the emotions of the people around you like being around a really anxious person leaves you more jittery and being around a really happy person makes you feel kind of good of course we experience this to varying degrees Um, you have psychopaths and sociopaths on one end of the spectrum and empaths if you believe in them on the other and i think all of us just kind of fall somewhere in the middle so i watched a video recently and i had a really strong reaction to it that i didn't see coming and because of that i started thinking properly for the first time about how I want to even live my day-to-day life knowing that there are things happening to living beings out there that I find cruel and heartbreaking. It was as if the only way to carry on was to forget about them, at least temporarily, because thinking about it felt so horrible. Yet at the same time, my brain was telling me that the very least I could do was to witness their suffering and suffer emotionally with them. As if by doing so, I would correct the injustice just a tiny smidge. And then if I don't and just move on and live happily, do my thing while people and animals are suffering and dying, it makes me a bad person. I've had this narrative all my life and never stopped to like truly question it. This time, after doing some introspection and research, I think I found some semblance of an answer and this is why I want to sh- this is what I want to share with you guys. Okay, so the first thing that I did was that I brought it back to neutral, meaning that I reminded myself that the events that I get so hung up on are neutral by default. You might have just made a squawk of indignation or confusion, (laughs) I know, but bear with me, okay? So anything that happens out there, any circumstance, is neutral until someone, you or me, someone else, makes a judgment of it. So to take an extreme example, we all like to think that death is a dark, bad thing, but it's actually more subjective than that. We celebrate the deaths of viruses and pathogens, but mourn the death of other creatures. Same with slaughter. A fish gets slaughtered when it gets eaten by a shark and pigs and cows get slaughtered all of the time for supermarkets. Some people hate both, some are okay with both and some are okay with one and not okay with the other. My point is that loss, death and pain are all just things that happen. It's part of the package. It's written in the code. That is a human experience. That is the universe, right? They are there along with all of the wonderful things that we get. So loss, death, pain... These are the things that just happen, and we choose what we want to make it mean to us. And you know, another example is fans of tattoos often talk about how they like the pain and they get kind of a high off of it, whereas I'm pretty sure you guys all know, maybe this is you, people who are terrified of needles and are adults and still don't want to get vaccinations. So <laughs> when you have these really When you have a really intense emotional response to something cruel you see out in the world, it means that whatever that is, the thing happening is, you perceive it as someone or something you care about being harmed. And that's why you have an empathetic reaction. It's a signal of how much you care about this living thing, a sign that indicates what you believe the world should be like. You might not have even known how important this was to you before you had this reaction. And so sometimes this triggering of your emotions can be the very thing that brings it into your awareness. In this case, it brought to my awareness that the thought that was creating all the emotional emotional turmoil for me was, this is horrible and the world should not be this way. This was my belief, the way I was looking at the situation. Now, this is what I like to call a shiny thought. And shiny thoughts are thoughts that sound righteous or morally superior, but when you really take a look at what happens when you think it, you start to see that it's not a very useful thought. In this case, When you believe that the current state of the world is wrong and terrible and operate from that kind of space, you will keep focusing on how bad things are and be super upset about it because that's what brains do when faced with a problem, with a threat. Our brains will keep telling us to be upset because it thinks that that is what's going to solve the problem. Remember, our brains use negative emotions to tell us when it thinks that what it thinks we should get away from. However, at the same time, my brain at least is also running its empathy software and is also saying that if I don't feel for this person or creature, that I'm a bad person. So I know it's not rational. Our lizard brains are not rational. I hope that is clear. <laughs> so your brain has this setup that gets triggered when you experience that deep despair and horror at something happening in the world. So instead of this is horrible and the world should not be this way, which creates resistance to current circumstances. And what I mean by that is this thought implies that the way things are is just not okay. There's this like, you're not accepting that the way things are, are the way they are. So instead of this is horrible and the world should not be this way, I want to offer you the alternative of This is the world I live in. How do I want to show up? The important differences are subtle. This new thought no longer implies that the current state of affairs is something to be endlessly upset about. Remember, there's nothing wrong with having these reactions, but usually what happens is you get stuck there, and either you stay there and get emotionally burned out, or you let yourself forget about it and sell yourself short when it comes to your values. So what you want to do is lean more into compassion, which is actually different from empathy. In contrast to empathy, compassion does not mean sharing the suffering of the other, rather it's you feel warmth, concern, and care for this uh, other that is suffering and a strong motivation to help them. Compassion is essentially feeling for and not feeling with the other. When you have more of a cognitive understanding of how they're feeling rather than just emotional mirroring. For that reason, some people like to think of empathy as referring to emotional empathy when you mirror the pain and suffering of someone else and compassion as referring to cognitive empathy when you understand their suffering and want to do something about it and feel concern and care towards them. So if you want to not stay in the despair and be contributing towards change, asking yourself how you want to show up given that these things happen in the world frees you Because now you're not focused on how shitty things are compared to the ideal world you might have made up where nothing like this ever happens. You're also reminding yourself that you have power, the potential to create change. Today is the way it is, but tomorrow might be different depending on how you show up today, right? So you can choose what you want to add more of into the world just by the energy with which you choose to show up. So instead of coming from a place of powerlessness that the world is just fucked up, why not come at it from, okay, this is how things are, but I have some say in how things will be, especially when it comes to the energy that is in me, and I'm going to exercise this power that I have. The sadness and the pain and the despair will be there. They are important in signaling our values to us and starting our commitment to taking a stand on this issue that really bothers us. But remember, sadness and despair alone do not serve you, nor do they serve whatever cause you want to contribute towards. When you are too distressed about the suffering of others your focus is on your distress. It's not on what can I do to help? How can I show up to really change things? It's emotionally taxing. And sometimes this can even lead to wanting to numb out the intensity of these feelings. When we become too distressed about the suffering of others, we don't have the cognitive and emotional resources available to do as much to help them. There's actually a name for this, and it's empathic distress, which is when you have a aversive and self-focused response to the suffering of others, right? A more selfish response to the suffering of others, accompanied by the desire to withdraw from a situation in order to protect oneself from excessive negative feelings. Do you guys kind of see the irony here? Like we kind of tell ourselves that we feel empathy and the suffering, it does them justice or something. But when we're actually distressed, we get caught up in our distress and not how to help. Does that make sense? And compassion, on the other hand, is a feeling of concern for another pe- another person's suffering accompanied by the motivation to help. So by consequence, it results in more motivation, more um, action-oriented thinking. So I'm going to drop some science facts here to kind of paint a better picture Um, of what's going on and give you kind of like the biological context for everything. So these two neuroscientists, and I'll link to their study below in the show notes, they conducted a study comparing empathy and compassion. Two separate experiment groups were trained to practice either empathy or compassion. And again, empathy is emotional mirroring, and compassion is a cognitive understanding of suffering with the desire to help. Now, their research revealed fascinating differences in the brain's reaction to the two types of training. First of all, the empathy training activated areas in the brain linked to emotion, self-awareness, consciousness, and pain. And when it comes to pain, at least, we know that there's shared neuron activation, meaning that seeing a visual cue of someone else feeling pain causes the same neurons that would light up in their brain to light up in yours. So these are like real emotions and feelings you're creating for yourself. The compassion group, however, simulated activity in areas connected to learning decision-making, and the reward system, and no pain. So you can kind of see like, just these difference in activation creates such different um, environments um, inside of your head. Now, secondly, the two types of training led to very different um, emotions and attitudes toward action, like I mentioned before. The empathy trained group actually found feeling empathy uncomfortable and troublesome. The compassion group, on the other hand, created positivity in the minds of um, the group members. The compassion group ended up feeling kinder and more eager to help others than those in the empathy group. And it's super interesting that you know the idea that there can actually be too much empathy can be traced back to early Buddhist teachings. Instead of focusing on empathy to the point of draining ourselves emotionally, Buddhism teaches the practice of compassion called karuna. This is the idea of sharing and suffering, having concern for another, but essentially again, feeling for and not feeling with the other. And so it's okay that the world is sometimes fucked up and sometimes wonderful. You don't have to have all of the answers. and. It wouldn't be as wonderful if it wasn't as fucked up and vice versa, you know? So the next time you feel inundated with emotional empathy and feel yourself going into empathic distress, listen to this episode and it'll remind you of the bigger perspective. This is the human experience. This is the universe, or at least the world that we are in. There's both good and bad. There's wonder, there's suffering, there's fucked upness, and there is, oh my God, that's awesome. That's just written in the program. That is how things are. So given that that is the way things are, the only thing you have control over is how you want to show up. And this kind of mindset is what's going to carry you to actually create change and also not give up because you're not draining yourself. So listen to this episode next time you struggle with this. And remember, you have innate biological wiring to care for others, but also the cognitive ability to take action to help. And if you have trouble, you know, if you really struggle releasing the emotions, um, the negative emotions that come up um, because of your empathetic reactions, I have a super handy five minute guided meditation that is posted as a bonus episode of this podcast. It's the episode right after this one titled Releasing Negative Emotion, a guided meditation. All right, guys, I hope this was insightful and made you feel better and less alone in all of this, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Brain Boss Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit subscribe and follow at Brain Boss Co. on Instagram and Facebook for more tools and resources on managing your mind. We'll see you back here soon.